Welcome to Water from the Well, a work of the Church of Christ in Santa Clara. Welcome to Saints at the Round Table. Uh, this week we are going to continue our discussion of the book of James. And um, here again I am with uh, Zach McGinnis, Paul Watson, and Derek Thompson. Greetings, gentlemen. All right, looking forward to digging into this one. I think I'm going to um, go clockwise. I'll start with Zach and then to Paul and then to Derek. And I'll have a, well, I've uh, kind of cut this into three sections. And so we'll, we'll read and then I'll have the next one of you uh, start with the comments. Okay, so uh, Zach, if you could read verses one through six for us. I'm sorry, one through five. And then, um, Paul, if you can tell us what you think about it. All right, sounds good. James chapter three, verses one through five. Many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a, small, is a small member, yet it boasts great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Okay, so uh, for me, it's uh, awesome to open a passage as a, uh, as a preacher, a trainee, uh, uh, somebody who's practicing teaching a lot, teaching and preaching, and just have James tell me um, not many people should be doing this. So, so it just really, it's, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it can be kind of a, a shocking way to open this chapter. But uh, I think the point he goes on to make is um, it, it's something that is uh, parallel with the idea that Jesus expressed that, uh, the the uh, the judgment with which you judge will be applied to you, right? So uh, if you if you are one who is a a teacher, one who who wants to instruct other people uh, morally, you're going to be judged with greater strictness. And and then he goes on to say, we all stumble in many ways. Uh, and if anybody doesn't stumble, he is a perfect man, which we know uh, doesn't exist except for Christ Jesus. Uh, and he says, uh, you know, if there were a perfect man, he would be able to bridle his whole body. But then in, in three through five, he zooms in from the whole body to particularly the tongue, which he says, uh, it, it, it or seems to imply is like the hardest part of the body to control. Um, and I think that's interesting. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe Derek has some interesting thoughts on this because he does have the deep, booming voice. Uh, you know, my controlling my tongue is just like trying to not to annoy too many people with with, with talking to them. Here's the thing, Paul. If I can get my kids to have the same level of respect that you're saying, man, it would be awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, oh. your kids—they probably hear it all the time. They're used That's to right. it. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so there's something to say about familiarity, man. So I need, may need to change this up a bit every once in a while, right? <laughs> but what I will say is the thing the thing that popped out um, to me, you've touched on a lot of it, but just the, the fact that 
um, the, the type of influence that, you know, a teacher can have. And I, I think about from a parent perspective, I mean, that's a lot. And, you know, and remember that that same influence can be either used for good or for evil or for bad. And right. I'm going to be held accountable for everything that I choose to influence, either right or wrong. Right. And so that that's what sticks out to me, man. I, it humbles me. Right. Every time I'm asked to do a, you know, a, a, a short talk or, you know, or a class that always pops in my mind because I know that with, with everything that I do or say, it's going to hit someone in some way. Right. And I want it to be land in the way that it's intended to land. And so my prayer has always been, hey, Lord, give me the courage to say, right, what I need to say, but do it based on how you would want it said. And that takes a lot. And that's what kind of kind of jumps out at me about those the intro here. Yeah. You know, I would say um, uh, two one that strikes me is just the, the power of uh, the spoken word. Um, and we know that even the world was created by God speaking, but just that we have that, that kind of power too in what we say. Um, and so when we're, when we're imparting wisdom or instruction to someone else, there's a, a big responsibility in that because we could change. And we've seen the course of the world change sometimes because of something that someone has said. Um, but, and so it gives us a great responsibility. And it always reminds me, especially when I first began to get up and preach. And I used to just be so nervous sitting there because I'm thinking, you know, I'm getting up there and I'm speaking for God. I want to make sure that I'm accurate in what I say. And just the weight of that sometimes would, would just, uh, you know, it, it would be in my chest when I walk up there to, to speak. And I've begun to, to control that, that nervousness now, but I, the, um, still the responsibility of it stays with me. Um, and I think these verses really uh, bring that to mind, just that, you know, when we talk and, that, you know, not just when we're, we're um, speaking or, 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 you know, preaching or teaching, but when we're speaking to others, when we're um, advising people or, you know, as a parent, talking to my kids or whatever, just to remember the weight that that carries. Well, yeah, um, everything that you guys have said so far has been spot on, I think, and, and some really good observations about uh, and often talked about. <laughs> it's, fun, it's funny that a, a passage about the tongue is spoken of off, often in uh, whether it's from the pulpit or just uh, in general uh, um, church settings. But uh, in chapter two, he, he, he finishes chapter two that we looked at um, previously by talking about faith and works. And I think, I think there is some application here to that as well in, in the sense that if we, if we consider our speech and, and maybe even our written words as well to be a, a sort of work that, that we're performing, um, we can demonstrate our faith through through our speech and through our, our um, written words as well. Um, and, I, and I agree with Paul when he says when he says that you know if anyone uh, if anyone can tame the tongue, then he is a perfect man. But and we all know that that there was only one perfect person in Jesus Christ. But uh, Vince Lombardi had a had a good quote and i can only paraphrase it because i can't remember the entire thing off the top of my head but he said he said um it's we can't achieve perfection but we can pursue it and in pursuit of perfection we can achieve excellence and so while we 
while we chase after something that's unattainable with our speech, um, we can certainly try our best to to bridle the tongue and become masters of our ourselves. Um, and and even our, I, I think it applies. I think it's safe to apply this to our written words as well. And I know. Um, when typing out emails or posting something online or even maybe writing an article or, or something else, it, even if it doesn't pertain to a worship service, I know I want to be very careful about how I choose to say what I'm going to say, you know, because it, it does have a, it can have a profound impact on other people's lives or, or make them think less of me, you know, if I say the wrong thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. All right. Um, Paul, I'm actually going to ask you to uh, just backtrack a little bit here and, and read from verse 5. So 5 down through 12, please. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of, of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile of, and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. All right, thank you. Um, so, Derek, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of, ton of um, wisdom and knowledge kind of set in those scriptures. Um, I'll point out maybe one or two things here. The first thing is just how just how vast of an impact that one word can have, right? So I think he starts off saying that a forest set ablaze by such a small fire. We know that, you know, one kindling can, can set off a disaster for an entire region, right? I mean, we've seen that here in this part of the, the country. I think um, this has been mentioned before. And the same is true when we interact with people, right? And with, and, and with our words, because we can say one thing, and that thing can live on forever and destroy lives more so than anything else that we could have we could imagine, right? And it's it's so powerful. And so when he starts to talk about you know being able to actually tame this thing, it almost seems unattainable, right? I mean, it, it almost seems like like man, this is something that can't be done. But I think the thrust of it is you need to check yourself every single time before you make statements because this these words that come from the tongue that honestly come from the heart right can really have a huge impact and you know again from a parental perspective you know kind of being out in the workplace i have to be very mindful of that every time i open my mouth and i think if if, if we can be challenged to, to do that each time i think we can get better and better at possibly taming, taming the tongue. Right, right. <laughs> that um, having children, it helps you uh, be a little more mindful of what you say. Because the one thing that I will tell you that I have learned is that 
if I have a tendency to say something or if my wife has a tendency to say something, then I will hear it coming from their mouths. And if it doesn't sound right coming from them and I know it came from me, then I know I've done something wrong. So um, it helps me to, to evaluate what I'm doing. And, and uh, you know, I don't mind correcting myself. You can ask, ask my, uh, my kids. I don't mind correcting myself. And so I will apologize to them and I'll say, you know, dad needs to do better around that or mom needs to do better around that. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll call us both on the carpet, but um, but we do need to examine what we say. And I think these verses really call us to that. I mean, the the emphasis really is on the evil that we can do, and we need to be aware of that part of it. Of course, we can do good, and we're we're called to speak for God and to spread the word, spread the gospel. And we can only do that uh, through well, we can do it through writing uh, and, or through uh, speaking. But either way, it's through words. And um, those words have to be measured. We have to be careful with what we do because, uh, um, you know, like like uh, you all were saying, um, a reputation can be built just by saying the wrong thing. Yeah, um, I, I like where where you were headed with that, Sebastian. So I'll try and pick up with with that same concept. Um, and I think I think often when we go astray or when we we say something that we don't we either regret or don't actually mean it's because it's because we have a, a reactionary um, an emotional reaction. Usually we don't we don't collect ourselves and give ourselves time to think and process, you know, is this actually beneficial for what's going on here? Is this going to is this going to provide some sort of solution to whatever problem has arisen? And, and we we often just want to have that quick reaction because maybe my feelings have been stepped on or someone is saying something that I um, disagree with at a fundamental level. And, and so my my first thought and my first move is usually to open my mouth. And, and that's usually a bad thing, right? Um, I, I can think of numerous times where I've done that with family, with friends, um, even with people that are relatively strange to me that I don't know well at all. Uh, but if we if we have if there's a strong disagreement there are we we almost uh, feel like we have to um, speak up or speak out and and w something I can definitely work on is is taking time to collect my thoughts ask myself am I am I benefiting am, am I benefiting the conversation here before I just uh, stick my foot in my mouth so to speak. The other, the other interesting thing that I really appreciate James bringing bringing out here is that every single individual that we come into contact with is is a creation of God, is is God's creation, and and while I worship God and I praise God and, and want to give Him glory on a daily basis, I do not, I I do not often, well, I I certainly there are certainly um, a number of times where I find myself frustrated with his creation and and therefore uh, maybe even cursing his creation and and that's inconsistent and James calls me out on that and so I appreciate him doing that. <laughs> good good uh, Paul. Well yeah I was just gonna say th th this passage is is difficult for a lot of reasons but I think a big part is like there is something of a balance to this right because. We don't we don't want to uh, be too we obviously can't be completely careless in what we say, 
because the tongue is a fire and it'll set everything on fire, right? James tells us that. We also don't want to confuse um, controlling our speech with timidity or, um, uh, you know, fear of, of, of speaking out when the situation calls for it. Um, I, I think the solution is, and, and what James actually is suggesting here, I think, is that there is a way uh, to, uh, to speak the truth in boldness without compromising it um, uh, that also gives consideration to the circumstances and the situation uh, and doesn't cause anyone else to sin, doesn't cause anyone else um, uh, to get the wrong impression of the gospel message, uh, etc. All the thing, all the concerns that we classify under uh, our speech. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I but I, I think that uh, it, it's very easy when we talk about uh, controlling the tongue to think that that means well, uh, we should be people that that uh, that never say anything essentially, and that's I don't think that's what James is suggesting, but rather that that we should consider what we say and say it in the most precise way we can. I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's uh, read the rest of the chapter here. So, uh, Derek, if you could read 13 through 18, please. Yeah, um, getting to verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vow practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Okay, great. You know, the, the thing that I noticed first off here is that well, at first, it's it's sort of asking, you know, us to identify ourselves, you know, you know who's wise among you? <laughs> and so naturally, all of us to be wise. And so we're really listening to see how we prove that wisdom. And but then it, it, it just got finished talking about, you know, what you say, and then it talks about what you do. Um, so you, you prove your good conduct uh, by the things that you do. Um, I'm sorry, you, you prove your wisdom by the things that you do. And so it's sort of balancing that, okay, what you say against what you do. Then it goes back to sort of a bitter jealousy and self-ambition. And then it says, do not boast. And in both we're using words. So there seems to be a little bit of a uh, focus here on, you know, uh, think more about, uh, about what you say before you say it, but concentrate on the things that you do, that you show people through, um, through your actions, what you believe in or what you're about. Yeah, um, the the verse I want to key in on here is is verse fourteen, where he says, uh, "But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth." And and I may be way off on this, but the way I read uh, um, the "be false to the truth," especially in relation to uh, jealousy and selfish ambition, I think I think that's um, what I what I understand him to be saying there is, "Don't be dishonest with yourself." Um, don't be, don't be false to yourself or don't, don't sell yourself on a, on, um, 
lies or, or whatever you think, you know, don't, don't have a false impression of, of your abilities or, or whatever it may be. You, you look at someone else and, and see, I, you know, something that they do well, or maybe something that they have that you want to have. And then you say, well, I'm just as good as them. I deserve that too. Or, you know, or anything, any number of, uh, statements along those lines that's being i think often we're dishonest with ourselves and thinking that we're we can be better off than what we are um and that comes back to the meekness and wisdom i think too in verse 13 uh it, there's a fine line there i feel like that that we have to figure out how to walk kind of between being being confident in our ability to to speak truth and speak god's message and then not allow ourselves to become puffed up and have this false impression of ourselves that, that we're a lot better at things than what we actually think we are. And remember that, that wisdom comes from above and also that, that God gives us the abilities and talents that we do have and, and not, uh, not to run away with ourselves. So that's, that's kind of where I, I came at this passage from. But <clears throat> again, I, I could be off on that. That sounds right to me. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I think in a way you could think about it as um, James is describing for us jealousy and selfish ambition in verse 14 as symptoms of uh, this kind of disordered um, faith. Uh, and it's it's a mark of if, if somebody is proclaiming to have wisdom, but they display these characteristics, they should not be trusted is, is essentially James's message. Um and and then he goes on to say that these qualities, jealousy and selfish ambition, wherever they exist, uh, will be that there will be disorder in every vile practice. Um, so this disordered way of thinking translates into disordered practice and disordered lives of of Christians, um, which which makes sense and translates to any number of situations we see uh, in the church today. Um, and then he goes on to describe the wisdom from above, which is interesting. And he it, to counterbalance these, you know, two kind of negative symptoms of um, not having the right kind of spiritual wisdom, having a disordered faith. Uh, he then goes on to give uh, a, a longer list of uh, kind of symptoms of true wisdom from God. Right. Yeah, no, I like that a lot, Paul, and that's that's exactly where I was going to kind of key in on just a little bit. So I don't have to belabor the points you guys already made, but here's the thing. Um, he starts asking at the very beginning of the chapter, right, um, not many of you should become teachers, right? And so as Sebastian started, it is a self-evaluation, right? But you could apply that question across any number of things. Look, you know what? This may not be my thing so to speak and if it isn't that's okay because there are things that i'm really good at and there's a place for me to be able to contribute to the lord's work but don't sit back and as zach started talking about and be jealous of the abilities that others may have right as they practice in any number of areas because of what they've been given versus versus you, right? And I think we just have to be humble enough to realize that. And he paints a really good picture of what happens when you do, there's disorder. And then what happens when you don't, you're able to promote peace. And it's the peace part that we're looking for. And honestly, that everybody else is watching 
And that's how we able to bring others to Christ. Amen. Yeah, and we have to value whatever we bring to the table because of, I mean, you learn from from the widow's mite, you know, what she put in. Anybody looking at that, any any of us looking at that, watching uh, other people put in what they had and what, watching what she put in, I don't think any of us would have thought to ourselves, she put in the most, you know? But God said that and God glorified that. And so when we think about anything that we do for the Lord, any work that we can do or any abilities that we have that we can put forward to help the kingdom, uh, we have to put value on that and uh, and uh, uh, do the best job that we can at what we can do. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking about uh, in First Corinthians, but also I, I think in a couple other passages as well. Uh, going back to Derek's point, where Paul's Paul's talking about how how you know there's a body that exists, and we're all part of that body. And, and eyes can't do what ears can do, and ears can't do what noses can do, and, and noses can't do what hearts can do, and so on and so forth. And so while we all have different abilities, they all have to be brought together in harmony uh, in order for, for the, the church to function properly. And, and so it, it comes back to exactly what he was saying, that um, if, the, if the ears start thinking they can be the nose or, or they want to be the eyes, it's, it's doing a disservice to, um, to the function of the, the church and the purpose of the church. So um, let's just be happy with what we can do and, and seek to uh, build up and encourage others as well. All right, brothers. Well, I, I believe that'll wrap up our topic for this week. Um, the next time that we meet, we'll be talking about uh, some warnings against worldliness and uh, boasting about tomorrow, which I think is going to be good, especially in light of what we're dealing with these days. <laughs> we have to take it one day at a time, brothers. All right. Well, thank you for your time. God bless you. Take care. Take care. Good talking to you. Thank you for listening. For more about us, check us out at truthseekers.org. There you'll find our links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.